everybody, and welcome to Episode 9 of Radio Podcast. We've had some exciting things happening around here recently. The new website went live last week. You can find it at www.radio-podcast.net. Please come visit us. And if you're listening off the website right now, hi, click around and let us know what you think. Diana put a lot of hard work into that website, so really you should go visit it. Also, uh, true story. (laughs) Um, Also, we unrolled a new series of uh, music, the the first episode in at least four. Uh, Mr. James C. Cord has been recording music, and three tracks at a time are going to be coming out in what we are calling the Radio Podcast Music Hall. And we are going to be featured on a couple of other podcasts in the coming weeks, including the March edition of Politipod with friends of the show, Matt Nisenoff and Abra Lodge, and the podcast preview with this week's Pimp Your Shit guest, Aaron Prince-Daly. Wait, are we getting famous? Are we becoming part of the podcast establishment? It sure sounds like it. But Uh I have very low standards for fame. So, at this point, we should probably let our adoring public know who we are. I am Robert. I want to be a Bundy rancher. Mm. Sometimes I, Yeah. I am Diana <laughs> the Desperado. Now, get along, little doggy, <laughs> with the show. <laughs> I think we are all familiar now by the term Flint water crisis. Things have been going on uh, in Flint, Michigan over the past year, well, longer than that, the past two years, that you don't typically expect to hear about happening in a first world country. When you Never in a first world country. Yeah, when you go to your sink or your tub and go to turn the water on, you're expecting potable water to come out of that tap uh, for your use, whatever it be, a shower, a drink, to cook dinner. Um, and that's just not been happening in Flint, Michigan. I'm sure, like I said, everybody is familiar at this point. Um, just a quick summary for those of you who don't know the ins and outs. Because <laughs> if you are not familiar with this, the ins and outs of this story... What the heck have you been doing? This is important. I mean, this is not like the little stories, which are also important about water sources being polluted by fracking and being able to set fire to the water coming out of your faucet. And this is the poisoning of an entire town by a Republican administration who foisted new... um, governance on a town. I think the issue is that the reason that this happened back in 2011 was strictly monetary. The city of Flint, uh, the manager in charge of the city of Flint decided that paying the Detroit Waterworks for their clean water 
was not a financially sound decision. They decided to uh, build a new countywide water treatment system that drew water from Lake Huron. But until that was completed, they started using water from the Flint River. And unfortunately, you know, nobody did their due diligence to find out if this water was acceptable and the water itself was corrosive. I think at the time it was even known to be so because uh, other facilities in the area were pumping in water from alternate locations because it was corroding the equipment in a number of businesses. I think a car manufacturer had quit using it because it was tearing the cars apart and the production line. So the, the, the corrosive nature of this water ended up stripping out uh, all kinds of bad things from the inside of the lead pipes that had been laid in the city by the city 50, 60 years ago, if not, you know, older than that. That was a typical building practice back then was to use lead pipes. Because we learned nothing from our Roman forebears. <laughs> it was what was available, readily, <laughs> readily available at a bargain basement price. And the, all of the contaminated water just started leaching into uh, into the homes of the residents All, in Flint. Yeah. Everybody that lived there, there's um, there are children who have experienced it from in utero and will suffer essentially congenital brain damage their entire lives as a result of this gross fiscal mismanagement. While it may look good on a spreadsheet to go. Oh, look, if we choose to take the water from Columbia as opposed to Columbia, we can save ourselves $15,000 a year, and that would be a right grand saving, wouldn't it? I think so too, right? Then, well, we'll do that, and some people will get hurt, but they're not fiscal, are they? They don't appear as a line item on the yeah. spreadsheet, so, so we don't need to worry about them, because we're at GOP, and that's what we do. And sorry for the failed sort of semi-ish Yorkshire-ish accent on whatever, but I, I wanted something sort of whiny and weedy for these assholes because that is simply what they are. If you are choosing the fiscal expedience over the health and welfare of the nation, then you are not suited or competent for the position. I think what's the most disturbing about this situation is that Flint is literally the tip of the iceberg as far as where these situations with contaminated water are happening around the United States of America. Um, First world country. <laughs> back in 2004, Washington, D.C., the capital of the nation had a very similar issue. Um, they ended up changing. It, it was similar, but not the same. They, uh, WASA, which is the, uh, the waterworks, DC waterworks changed, um, the treatment cocktail that they used in their facilities and doing so, um, similarly to Flint, uh, 
the change in the treatment cocktail allowed a corrosive mix of the water to go through, again, the old lead pipes that were installed in the system and knocked loose contaminants and caused you know, leaching of the lead pipes into the water. And, um, and it's not like lead poisoning is simply reversible over time. For some people who are exposed to it at an early enough age, the effect is permanent. Mm-hmm. And while the lead will eventually disappear from that person's system, the effects will not. And uh, then, uh, to me, raises the questions about who is liable for these people's long-term care, because there is a duty of care. There was a duty of care in the provision of the water in the first place. It's mm-hmm. It's what you were there to do. And failing to provide that clean water is, to me, a dereliction of duty. And who at that point is responsible? Because, um, you know, I'm sure that the individuals concerned do not have the fiscal means to to meet the medical bills of these people in perpetuity. And well, the, one, of the, one of the key findings from the D.C. water crisis in 2004 led to several congressional hearings about what was going on and how this was allowed to happen for so long to the point where the EPA was put on trial and it was found that significant data and testing results that they had been putting out from 2000. And like I said, this was in 2004. So I'm sorry, um, about the mid nineties through 2004, for a 10-year period there, they were basically falsifying their own reports as far as major cities and their water quality, Boston, Detroit, New York, Philadelphia, uh, Providence, Rhode Island, Seattle, and Portland, Oregon, um, you know, they had studies that were done in all of these cities for all of their water quality and they were found that certain houses you know quote-unquote hot houses that were uh, had higher levels of contamination were removed from the study group to help lower (laughs) the numbers Um, and this sort of stuff is funny when Carl Hyacin writes it like in the book Skinny Dip but in reality, it isn't. Uh, <laughs> no, in reality, it's not at all. Uh, I, there's, and there's other bizarre ones. There's a, a case that caught my eye, Diana, that um, I wanted to bring to your attention down in in aptly named Crystal City, Texas. Um, there was, what was it? Um, all but one of the top officials in the city were arrested by... <laughs> for federal charges they were arrested by the fbi and that left the school superintendent uh, i believe her name was imelda allen who was at her sister's and simply turned on the faucet and this murky foul smelling water started coming out and she had the presence of mind to um, shut it down and investigate, and it was discovered that some 
storage tank for water was being <laughs> quote unquote cleaned and the sludge from that had been disturbed and was then coming out and going through all of these. Now this this is a um, a city of about seven and a half thousand people. It's about uh, just over a hundred miles southwest of San Antonio. But the, <laughs> she then uh, had the additional presence of mind to start ordering truckloads of of bottled water to be brought in to replace the supply until the, the lines were clean. I mean, seriously, who's watching this shop? I mean, the. Uh, it brings me back to the point again. First world country. Yeah. And I don't believe the GOP run it that way. I I feel like the it's we're heading into that movie Idiocracy, and I know that the the co-author of that um, has recently responded some of the tweets to him about the fact that how was he such a foreteller of the future. And he had no intention to be, but um, apparently what we all crave is electrolytes. Well, if by electrolytes you mean... Uh, lead sulfites. Lead sulfites, yeah, then absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> They're um, delicious. Yeah. You know, I, again, this is it's semantic at this point, but, you know, the, the litany of cities that have been affected by this just goes on and on. I just pulled up another report saying uh, St. Joseph, Louisiana has been having this problem uh, with lead contaminated water for over a decade. And they're grateful that Flint is going on because finally they're getting the spotlight on their, their parish. So that way they can start getting some help to come in and deal with this problem. Um, you know, you've got pictures of bathtubs and washing machines and fire hydrants spewing this sludge uh, into homes. And it's not that it's just a, a discoloration in the water where what should be clear water is coming out sort of as a, a tepid tea color so that you're getting Snapple in the tub. This stuff is coming out like black tar. I mean, it's it's like reeking. Coke. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a, a smelly black coke with a slightly thicker consistency, like it's too much syrup in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just utterly nauseating that this should be happening. I mean, there's, <laughs> uh, uh, it brings me back to the point we we've discussed it before that, um. The, when you live in a society, you live in a social environment, and so some of the things that have to happen to make that work are, quote-unquote, socialist, because right. we right. are social. We well, look and, Right. So much of this is is the overarching infrastructure system of the United States. And yes, these pipes that are in the ground are, that are made out of lead are in some cases 90, 100 years old. And as they are breaking and as they are failing, they're being replaced with, you know, state of the art to us, PVC pipe. Um, 
which, you know, to our forefathers, 90, 100 years ago, state of the art was lead pipe. So I can only imagine, you know, 50, 60, 100 years from now, you know, our great grandchildren saying, holy shit, what were they thinking? Putting PVC in the ground and putting water we're supposed to drink. We're all having polychloral polyvinyl chloride poisoning. Um, but Babies it, with impermeable skins. It's <laughs> <laughs> a straight pipe from their mouth to their butt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know what? Now that you've put that image in everybody's mind, Anna, <laughs> should we move on, please? Can we, yeah. can we find something happier to talk about? Yes, we can. Just everybody, case? this is why we pay taxes. Moving on. Oregon Fails, Dean's Backyard. This week we are joined by Dean Westbury of Portland, Oregon, to help give us uh, some perspective on our favorite A topic. local color. Yep. <laughs> Say hello, color Dean. Color them <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, with everything getting wrapped up up there at the uh, bird observatory um and i understand you're not exactly close in proximity you're in the same state but um yes it's on the uh it's on the other side of the state i've heard of it before i've, I've heard it's beautiful you should go there you should take a hike uh, but I <laughs> the size of the state that you have it's that reserve is probably closer to us in the on the, the east coast than it is to you in portland yeah yeah i think uh I think to drive there for a day hike, it would be like an eight-hour drive. Holy so moly! It'd be kind of a kind of a long day hike. Yeah, really. Yeah. Is that one way? Uh, one way, yeah. Yeah. But but actually, I don't know what I'm talking about. So it could be like four or five hours away. Okay. Or either way, you you probably want to pack a lunch. Yeah, yeah, a little light lunch. Um, some Pinot Noir. We're known for that. Maybe some IPAs. Yeah. Um, I don't re I've lived here for like 20 years and I don't know much about the state. So um, <laughs> it's amazing. It took me like uh, 18 years to go see Crater Lake, which is uh, like four or five hours away. Um, so, yeah, I've heard that there's this wildlife refuge. Some guys were hanging out there, but um, I know very little other than that. Well, yeah. All right, we have been uh, we've been studiously reading our NPR reports, and um, NPR, what's that? <laughs> you live in Portland. You cannot even start to claim that you don't know what NPR is. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, so I was looking up some interesting facts about the ongoing uh, saga up there. Um, seems that they found a giant trench out right next to or on top of some burial grounds that uh, I guess the toilets in the reserve were not good enough for them. They decided to make a, uh, a feces pit. A latrine. Yes. Yeah. Um, which, you know, helps add to the, the local color. 
<clears throat> oh, oh yeah. Yeah, the birds like that, yeah. and yeah, the the natives whose land, uh, the Native Americans whose land that they decided to. Uh, they do not like that. Yeah, not so much. Um, Maybe we should hand over the, the Bundys to their good keeping after all of this is over. I mean, they want the land returned back to the people whose rightful property it was, so, okay. Um, there is a group that has a prior claim to you ranches, sir. Uh, pretty damn good claim as well, all things being considered. Well, the the finale of the uh, arrests up there concluded with uh, Clive and Bundy being arrested, and as the charges have been filed against him and more and more has been done to look into his situation down in Nevada. Um, seems like uh, the government has been throwing some shade at him and his ranching abilities. Um, I have a quote from Assistant U.S. Attorney Charles Gorder, who basically said uh, that his ranching operation, to the extent that it can even be called that, is unconventional, if not bizarre. Basically, they're saying he has all of these cows, sorry, cattle, that were left out during harsh winters. They uh, fight off predators and scrounge for whatever meager food and water they can find in the desert, and uh, that they are totally bereft of human interaction. And those who survive... Um, are wild, mean, and ornery. Is he talking about the cattle or the the Bundys? There's a lot of them. <laughs> well, because <laughs> they all seem pretty wild, mean, and ornery. <laughs> well, if he wasn't gone so much and visiting Oregon, I think he'd be he would be back there, you know, taking care of his cattle, and everything would work out. Absolutely, so, this is definitely yeah. not a pattern. He hasn't been doing it for you know the last twenty years. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's it seems uh, seems bizarre that you know basically he was mad because he would actually have to take care of the cows that he owns. Yeah, yeah. If he had to pay the fines and keep them off the federal land. <laughs> so yeah, I, good job, Clive and Bundy. <laughs> it's. It beggars belief. I mean, the, the levels of incompetency that this crew reached at every stage of the operation, uh, from launching an effort to try and prevent two gentlemen from going to jail, who took one look at their operation and said, yes, four more years in prison is preferable to being associated with these people. So then them getting up there and being singularly ill-equipped for the conditions and the environment and then being delightfully trolled by so many people who provided so much entertainment. That Yeah, uh, that was great to hear about. Uh, yeah, from the, the, um, the Twitter erotica that Diana forbid me from <laughs> reading any more of, uh, lest she become... Riled up by the material. That was my concern, absolutely. Uh, that was absolutely your concern. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I could see your furious blushing, or at least furious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought you. I thought you'd most enjoy the mountains of dildos that were sent to them. Um, oh, I mean, absolutely. how else are you going to stay warm in the the cold, cold, high desert nights? 
And uh-huh. didn't someone send them a bunch of lube also? Yes, the, the oh, person yeah. that sent it to them was one of the creators of Cards Against Humanity who oh, nice. ordered the 55-gallon Drummo lube <laughs> from nice. Amazon. Yeah, I was going to say, it's amazing what Amazon has on demand. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I th- think they actually expressed it almost overnight. Look, when you pay for Prime, I mean, that membership <laughs> has its perks. Uh, oh, yes. There, there were perks, all right. <laughs> oh, boy. If you know what I mean. All right. Well, well I remember when this, uh, when I was first reading about this, how it was uh, spontaneously sort of created. Like, they had no plan. They just uh-huh. had a me- I think it was a meeting one night, and then I think from there, from there, they went to the wildlife refuge and just decided to camp out or you know occupy it. It seems like that coast version of uh, over here you have those late night drunk parties, <laughs> and I, I I forget which comedian it was who said it, but the 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 six levels of drinking seven if you live in a trailer park, <laughs> and it ends with somebody going, "We're driving to Florida." And, over in your neck of the woods, it's we're taking over the wildlife refuge. Yeah, yeah. It's, but he goes let's with it. Climb a mountain, or uh, let's go swim in the Pacific Ocean uh, without a bodysuit or wetsuit. Yeah, you guys yeah. are known for your pristine Pristine's beaches like that. that that far north. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> drunken, yeah, the- drunken surfing. That's that's a lot. Yeah, that will end well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't want to see any of those guys surfing, so I'm glad they decided to cover up. But the yeah. wildlife refuge. I don't know. I think yeah. a wetsuit with a cowboy hat on a surfboard—that'd be a nice look. That could be quite the look. Yeah. Although, given the nature of these guys, every time they see a camera, they have to strip it out and then read off the MAC address from it to let you know that it was made by the FBI as opposed to actually identifying yeah. the real manufacturer of the product because they understand technology like nobody else I've ever met. <laughs> Which is nobody. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you guys are more acquainted, acquainted with these guys than uh, us Oregonians are. I, th- I think we've sort of, since uh, I think October of last year, Oregon is really only concerned with where can I go and get pot legally? <laughs> so we've been we've been concerned with so many other things. Well, just mainly pot. But yeah, you think maybe one of you would have had the kindness of heart than then maybe deliver some to the refuge. And <laughs> you know, they could I, have all. I wanted to do that. I wanted to do that so bad, but it, I feel like it's wasting. Um, somebody else could have enjoyed it and appreciated it, and they would have just freaked out and gone and tried to oh. occupy no 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 I, I think what would have happened was you'd have you'd have had them all sitting around smoking and you'd, you'd have had them on Monday oh man I had this crazy dream that we like took over this wildlife refuge to like to form our own constitutional government and like what were we hire something <laughs> <You're>, yeah. <laughs> nice yeah, yeah you're right it's a more realistic. It would have person. brought them full circle back round to some modicum of reality, perhaps. Here's my question. Do we know that that didn't happen with the amount of snacks that they were asking for? That's true. That's true. <laughs> that is a very valid point. <laughs> All right. Well, Dean, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to join us and give us 
the perspective on the ground. We will uh, tap you again once this trial gets underway. Expect you on the courthouse stairs. Yeah, I'll be right outside the courthouse. That's right. Right out on the street. Perfect. All right. Thanks for joining us, Dean. Thank you, Dean. Your shit. Let's pimp your shit, Aaron. Sounds good, Diana. How do you say uh, your last name? Prince Shealy? Prince Staley. Staley. Okay. Staley. Prince Staley. Yes, I am Aaron Prince Staley. And right. I am the host of the Podcast Preview, which is a show about great podcasts. So every week I tell you about a podcast that you're going to love. I play clips from the show to show you what you have to look forward to. And sometimes I interview the host of the podcast. How did you come up with the idea? Well, I I was on Facebook, and my local NPR station, WAMU, posted about a couple of new community radio stations opening up in the D.C. area. So there's one in Tacoma, uh, which is north of D.C., that's opening up soon, and is actually right near where I live. And there's one that actually just opened up in Arlington called WERA, 96.7 FM, and they were accepting show applications. And I've been a podcast fan for years. It's sort of my main media that I take in. I I love podcasts, the medium, and I love specifically a ton of the podcasts that I listen to. And so I desperately wanted to have a radio show that I could then have an excuse (laughs) to turn into a podcast and release online. And I thought about what I could talk about. And I said, well, I only want to do this because I love podcasts. Why not make a show where I can tell people all about the podcasts that I love? Very cool. So what are a couple of uh, your favorites that you're listening to right now? Right now, I mean, the, the sort of top ones for me generally tend to be comedy podcasts. My current favorites are, of the newer ones, uh, The Adventure Zone is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast, but don't be don't be scared away by the Dungeons & Dragons premise. I had actually never played uh, D&D before, but I, I love this podcast. It's I hosted think it's by... fair to say that both Diana and I had played D&D before. <laughs> well, I am a hardcore Adventure Zone listener, and I am a huge fan of their current uh, Crystal Kingdom campaign. So, yes. yeah, oh, I'm, it's, uh, I'm it's a good one. bated breath for the next episode here. <laughs> um, as we record, we're just a couple of days away, and I, I can't wait. Yeah, so The Adventure Zone is phenomenal. Doughboys is really, really good. Doughboys is a podcast by Nick Weiger and Mike Mitchell, who are... uh, Mike Mitchell is is one of the birthday boys, uh, which is sort of a sketch group. Uh, They used to have a TV show on IFC. And I don't know Weiger... I don't know if he's one of the birthday boys, but he's a a big comedy writer in Hollywood. And they review chain restaurants. So every week, they talk about a different down-to-earth chain restaurant. You know, they've covered Papa John's, I think, and they've covered Domino's. I'm not sure if they've covered... I'm not sure if it was Papa John's. But anyway, they've, they've covered a lot of the really, really famous fast food places. And you can hear how much I love the podcast. I, I'm talking <laughs> at, at length about all of these shows. There uh, was on one occasion yeah. we went to an Applebee's, and the, the experience overall was less than stellar. And on the way out, my son, who was about four or five at the time, and he tugs at my hand as we're leaving, looks up at me and says, Dada, yes, next time, can we try Apple A's? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if they've covered Applebee's yet. I know they've done, gosh, they all run together. Uh, not the episodes, but the, the restaurants. 
But that's the um, kind of together. level, you know, like Applebee's and Red Robin yeah. and that kind they of thing. They did a really a really great uh, TGI Fridays episode. It was one of their early ones with um, co-hosted by Jordan Morris, who is one of the hosts of Jordan Jesse Go, which okay. is another one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah. Um, that's just sort of a chat show. A lot of the shows that I listen to are sort of just two people hanging out and talking about stuff and maybe maybe talking to a guest that they have on that week. We don't know um, anything about that. No, because <laughs> it's not how we got involved in this sort of thing in the first place at all. Aaron, had you ever heard the Bugle podcast with Andy Zaltzman and John Oliver? I listened to one episode of the Bugle way back, and y- you know how podcasts are where... And I find this to be true in a lot of media with, uh, you know, podcasts, video games, TV shows. You pick it up the first time and you don't know what to expect and you're surprised. And so it throws you off. And then maybe a year later, you come back to it and you know what to expect. And so you can see past the things that maybe surprised you about it. And you realize that it's great. And with The Bugle, I got to the first part and then it stopped Oh, no, no. Here's what you have to do. This is how Rob and I met. We met through the Bugle fan Facebook page. Really? And through, you know, due to the vacuum that the lack of a Bugle has produced. <laughs> um, After Mr. Oliver started doing Last Week Tonight. And... Yeah, he got too yeah. big for us. So um, <laughs> we decided, there was a, a handful of us who decided to uh, embark on our own venture. And uh, Rob and I started chatting online and... Um, Didn't stop. Haven't stopped yet. <laughs> I'll say Facebook is such a tremendous resource for connecting with other podcast people Mm -hmm. because you don't really meet people in real life who have, once you get deep into uh, the multitude of podcasts, you're not going to meet people in person who listen to the same 50 shows that you listen to. And I'm not saying I listen to 50 shows every single week, but, you know, that you jump in and out of and are sort of aware of. Mm -hmm. Um, That was really huge for me also. I think that one of the big reasons I had the the sort of self-confidence to go and start a show was the Facebook groups that I've I've joined and become, uh, you know, real friends with people in there just, you know, starting based on the fact that we all loved, you know, all the comedy podcasts from Earwolf and and, um, tangentially any number of other podcast providers Mm -hmm. um and now you know i'm friends with all those people and we all can build each other up and say oh you're funny you can make this show i'm funny i can make this show let's make stuff let's do it that sounds very cool kind of we agree (laughs) yeah yeah i love it so if you're out there if you're out there listening to podcasts and you can't find anyone to talk to go on facebook join a facebook group for your favorite podcast it'll change your life at least it changed mine some of your best friends will become online people it could happen (laughs) Yeah, we found we have a group on Facebook for for our podcast, and the um, there are an interesting range of people that we've got who span the world. So we've had people from New Zealand um, reach out to us too with other odd facts. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a very cool, bizarre feeling to know that people all over the world are listening to what you have to say sitting in your living room. <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to that feeling. <laughs> well, Aaron, thank you for taking some time out of your evening and uh, t- telling us about your podcast program. And uh, hopefully we will be listening to some of the podcasts that you have previewed. Thank you very much, Diana and Rob. Um, can I tell everybody where to find my show? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. So first of all, if you're in the D.C. area, particularly the southwest part of D.C. around Arlington, 
Um, you can tune in to 96.7 FM, 1.30 p.m. on Sundays and hear me live. But that's probably not the case for most of the people listening to this. <laughs> you can go on Facebook.com slash podcast preview. Um, same address for Twitter or subscribe to my podcast uh, in your favorite podcast app. Um, you got to put the the in there to find it. So the podcast preview in your podcast app. I'm looking forward to hearing from you all. Yep, and we will make sure that we post links for where all of you listeners can get in touch with Aaron uh, on our show notes. All awesome. Right. <laughs> well, thanks for spending some time with us, Aaron. Thanks. Thank you. Audio cryptic word search. It's on to row nine of the word search, the last of the single digits. Hey, Rob. Do you think anyone's actually following along, writing down our carefully enunciated words every week, waiting with bated breath for the answer key? I... I really don't think anybody's in... <sighs> Listen, I really don't think anybody's enjoying it, but like in so many things, I've started so I'll finish, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> here we Oh, my story of my life. Let's go. <laughs> X. Xenophobia. G. Grazing land. J. Jerky. W. Wild West. W. Wrangle. O. Ostracized. N. Nighthawk. T. Tenderfoot. A. Arroyo. W. Wadi. S. Stampede. J. Jigger. U. Udders. D. Django. R. Russell. And the word search word for this week is Oliver. O-L-I-V-E-R. As in, please, sir, I want some more. Bugle. Fancy French words. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Guys, so many listens. This is fabulous. You guys are the best. (laughs) Yeah, at the the moment we're recording this, um, all told we have 550 hits across all streams of you hitting all the various episodes. We don't really know how many times everything has been listened to because it doesn't tell us about the offline plays, but through SoundCloud itself, 550. Awesome. I, you guys, keep keep sharing us. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, YouTube, YouTube, listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell you what, I, I'm going to set up a YouTube channel for Mr. No. Seacourt's music. <laughs> And I'm going to blame it all on you. This is what happens when I drink before we record. (laughs) This is what happens when we record. (laughs) All right. So share (laughs) us. Subscribe to 
on iTunes or whatever other podcast listening device you listen to. Um, comment for us. Let us know what you like, what you like more of, what you don't like. Don't say the audio cryptic word search. Whether or not you like it, we are going to finish that. And then uh, <laughs> I, I have some ideas for what's coming up next after that. But <laughs> oh. um, also, if you or someone else has a little creative venture that you're working on and you'd like to to promote it through us, then we'd be happy to hear about it. Um, there's a, I'm going to throw a quick shout out. Uh, as a side note to at this point great north aleworks of manchester new hampshire who um have inadvertently sponsored quite a number of our episodes to this point <laughs> <laughs> and whose background presence at least at this end has been very welcome so to rob north the head brewer out there thank you sir your addition of additional hops is very welcome i will be back <laughs> Um, well, uh, you guys are, like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, our new website is up and running, uh, www.radio-podcast.net. That's R-A-D-I-O-podcast.net. Um, and all of our contact information is there. Um, we have links to the face group page, uh, which you guys should totally join if you are not already a member of, uh, link to our Twitter account, link to Aaron's podcast preview, as well as links for all of our past pimp your shit guests. And you'll also find the, uh, radio podcast music hall there. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to be pushing out a series of those, uh, James, Mr. Secord, I apologize, has put together some fabulous music that we're looking forward to sharing. Uh, he's working on new stuff even now, and I've heard some previews. It's it's really cool, and I am very excited to be the conduit by which we are sharing that. <laughs> and if you're not sick of us yet, uh, if you go to the website, you'll also find all of the other links for places that you can hear us. All of that said, thank you so much for listening to this week's radio podcast. I am Robert, the State Inspector. And I am Diana, your civil engineer. Mr. Secord, will you please play us out? Mm-hmm.